CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... celebrate its ninth season as radio's first theater of the 80s, Mystery Theater is presenting in five parts Victor Hugo's extraordinary novel, Les Miserables. Today, part two, tracing the life of Jean Valjean, a man unjustly imprisoned who tries to make a place for himself in the world and is rejected at every turn. One man, a bishop, extends friendship and faith. And with this inspiration as his guiding star, Valjean stifles his hatred and tries to become himself a good Samaritan. The odds against him are almost insurmountable. What's happened here? What's wrong? The woodcutter's horse went down in the mud. When Marcel tried to pull him out, the cart tipped and caught him beneath it. Marcel? Marcel, can you manage to squeeze out of there? I, I, I can't go. I'm caught. My chest... He's crushed. Help me. There's no one strong enough to lift the cart out of the mud enough to pull him out. Let me try. No, no, no. no. Don't anyone try. It's too late. Let's, let me die. Our drama, The Lawless and the Law. Part two of Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, adapted for the Mystery Theater by Gerald Keane, stars Alexander Scrooby as Jean Valjean and Bernard Grant as Inspector Javert. I shall return shortly with Act One. quarreled with the playwright Shakespeare's idea that justice should be tempered with mercy. Jean Valjean, after serving 19 years in prison for stealing one loaf of bread, has made compassion his way of life. Once free, he determined wherever he could, he would right every wrong. Not so another character in Victor Hugo's story, Inspector Javert of the French police. To him, the word mercy meant nothing. Yeah. Yes, Inspector Javert. There is something troubling me. It will not go away. Twelve years ago, I was made into a kind of roving prefect. There is something about the town of Moulin that bothers me greatly. No, no, not something, but someone. You have evidence? No, no, I don't. Only a certain feeling. Not here in my head, but here... In my stomach. Well, then why don't you bring the man in for questioning? He happens to be the richest man in Moulin. Oh, could be all the more reason. Stolen wealth. He also happens to be the mayor. Oh, you don't mean Mayor Badalin. Impossible. Why, he's put Moulin on the map. Created that whole glass bead factory. Employs hundreds of people. I know all that. All his charities, the library, the hospital with free beds for the poor. But this, this feeling in my stomach persists. Hmm. 
Twelve years ago, you say? That's when he was released from Toulon. And he looks the same? No, no, no. Not at all. Then he had a beard. He was unkempt, unshaven. Could hardly put two words together. Inspector, is his voice the same? No, not even that. Now, you, you've heard the mayor. He speaks with gentleness and the supreme authority. But let us examine the problem. This Mayor Madeleine, where did he come from? Suddenly he appears in Moulin with an invention to make black beads. Better and cheaper than even the Germans. He buys land, builds buildings, and Moulin becomes a thriving industrial city. Years ago, I trailed him. But I lost the trail. But if he served all his sentence, why continue to follow him? There are some unexplained pieces to the puzzle. Now, this man is discharged from Toulon with 109 francs, 15 sous. Where did he get the thousands to build factories? By stealing it. Why not? Oh. I don't see Mayor Madeleine as a common thief. No, nobody does. Except myself. If he has hidden his past so successfully for so long, what makes you think he would betray himself now? I can wait another 12 years. If I need to. I am Jean Valjean. I knew that Inspector Javert had been assigned to Moulin, which was a bit of a joke to me since we hadn't had even a solitary drunk in four years, let alone a minor theft. But he probably requested the assignment. My appearance and life had changed so considerably there was nothing to connect me with the prisoner he had known. Business was booming in our town. Our factories were hiring new people every day. And Mademoiselle Fontaine, what experience have you had? Uh, Madame Fontaine, I'm a widow. Ah, and uh, have you had any experience in the uh, manufacture of glass beads? Uh, hmm? Since my husband's sudden death, I have had to think about supporting my baby girl. Cosette oh, is her name. Well, so you haven't uh, really had any practical experience? I'm sure I could learn. I have to work to take care of her. Well, of course you could learn. <laughs> well, let me see. Uh, yeah, here's it. Uh, there just happens to be an opening in our glass bead counting department. And uh, you could start work when? I could. Uh, tomorrow morning? Uh, yes, tomorrow morning. Uh, report first to my office at uh, 7. Uh, may I ask another favor of you, monsieur? Well, why not? Could I meet Monsieur Madeleine? Hmm? It's just that I wanted to thank him for this opportunity, a, a job in his factory. Uh, Fontaine, you made a good impression on me. I interviewed you. If you want to thank anyone, thank me. As I said, I was aware that Inspector Javert, even after all these years, still pursued me. But for him to make any positive connection between the mayor of Moulin and Jean Valjean, the former convict, was next to impossible. Until one miserable rainy day, when I happened along a country road outside our town and came upon a crowd of men in an overturned car. 
Monsieur le maire. What's happened here? What's wrong? It's Marcel Fouchéron, the woodcutter. Huh? His horse went down in the mud. Marcel tried to pull him out, but the cart tipped. It's, he's fallen on top of them both. Uh, Marcel. Marcel, can you hear me? Is that you, monsieur? Monsieur Madeleine. Yeah. Your horse looks pretty bad. I think both his legs are broken. Oh, beast. Can, we, can, you, can you manage to squeeze out from under there? I, I, I can't move. I, all that wood. We were thinking of trying to pull out each log that, that might make the cart no. lighter and free. No, 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 not possible. The side of the cart is pressing against Marcel's chest and both arms are tangled in the wheels. No. We need a jack to raise the cart from below. If we can just raise it enough, we can pull Marcel out. They've gone to fetch a jack. Where'd they go? When? A few minutes ago, to Hachet, the blacksmith. Hachet? It'll be an hour before he gets here. Yes, someone. We can't wait that long. But what else can we do? Oh, oh, wait. He's crushing Help me. Someone. Marcel, listen to me. We're going to lift one end of the cart just a little and then drag you out. You hear me, Marcel? Monsieur Madeleine, the cart is sinking low into the mud. The rain is... Did you hear what I said to myself? There's still room enough under there for a man to crawl under the cart and raise up one end with his back. It'll only take half a minute and then we can pull Marcel free. Anyone here with a strong back? Monsieur Le Maire, they all want to help. Inspector Javert, I didn't see you. Monsieur Madeleine, I never knew but one man capable of doing what you asked. Yes, he was a convict. Indeed. Only one man I ever knew with the strength a prisoner at too long. But that was many years ago. He'd be over 60 years old today. I couldn't let that poor woodcutter be crushed to death in front of my eyes. I wedged myself under the cart, near enough to myself. I lay flat. And then tried to bring my elbows up to my knees. Monsieur Le Maire, go away. You will be killed. Save yourself. I know I am going to die. Marcel didn't die. I managed to lift the cart a few inches and they, they dragged him out. They held each end, giving me enough time to escape also. I stood up. I was all right. One is never too old. As for Marcel, I got him to the hospital in a hurry. Do you see this, nurse? You know what the mayor did? Yesterday I, I woke up. I found this thousand-franc note pinned to my pillow and, and a letter. You see what it says? Payment for your cart and horse, which I have bought. And I know the cart was crushed to nothing and the horse was dead. And do you know what Mayor Madeleine did today? He got me a job. Me, crippled like this. The doctor says... I need to be out of doors, so I am to be the gardener at the Saint Antoine convent. <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh, Mademoiselle Fontine, I mean, Madame, I have been watching you. 
Oh, you have? Nothing I've done wrong, is there? Oh, no, no, I wouldn't say so, but uh, you uh, would like to make a few more francs now, wouldn't you? Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I was thinking there might be an opening in the sorting section. You're in counting now, aren't you? Yes, I am. It would mean considerably more money. I have a very good eye for color. Yes, I've noticed that. You always manage to wear nice-looking kerchief or a bit of a ribbon about your throat. What do I have to do to get the sorting job? Well, it would depend entirely on you, Fontaine. First of all, you will have to learn to do the job. Well, I myself could show you the uh, color differentiations. Now, let's say the best time for me to show you would be in the evening after the factory is closed down. In the evening? Yes, we could have a little supper together first. It would be my pleasure. Well, I, I always like to get back and make sure Cosette is sleeping well. Oh, well, we could do that and uh, then come back. Huh? I wonder, monsieur, hmm? could I have a day or so to think it over? Perhaps till Monday? Uh, Fontaine, I tell you quite frankly, there's nothing to think over. I think we get along quite well, you and I, now, don't we? Hmm? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, well, yeah. Ah, you see this note on my desk? The orders from Monsieur Madeleine himself to shut down the counting department as of Monday. No more counting work? No, oh, everybody is to be fired, let go. The entire department. Monsieur Madeleine has invented a machine that can count faster and more accurately than any human hands. Oh, yes, he's quite an inventor. So, I think a lot of you, Fontaine. But if there's no job, there's no job. I tell you what, come back to my office at the end of the day. We'll talk a little more. Today? Yes, yes, after the bell rings. That would mean I have accepted the job you offer me. Well, if I don't see you there by six o'clock, I shall ask someone else. There's no point in you showing up at this factory on Monday, for there won't be any work. Huh? <laughs> have I made it clear? Oh, that cannot be sensible. Huh? I will take good care of you. I like you. You have nothing to fear from me. Hypocrisy, contrivance, taking advantage. Victor Hugo etches an indictment of his society. Echoes which still reverberate today. And as for Jean Valjean, how safe is his new respected identity? We shall learn all of this when I return shortly with Act Two. Victor Hugo recounts the tale of the miserable and the poor. Fantine, a young widow with a sickly daughter to care for, has been fired from her job in the factory in the dead of winter. On a snowy day, she goes from store to store in a threadbare coat, begging for work. The snow is blinding. She can hardly see in front of her. Watch where you're going. You knocked me down. Why don't you look where you're going? Don't bother helping me up. I can get up alone. Why? It's you. Aren't you Fontaine, who used to work in the glass factory? Let go of me. Wait, 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 wait a minute. 
Where are you running to? I'm not running. I'm looking for work. Well, I thought you didn't want a job. I offered you one. What you offered me, I didn't want. Now leave me alone. Wait a minute. Not so fast. I thought you had a baby girl to take care of. It would do anything. Not anything. Monsieur, please let me go. How is the little one? Cosette is sick. No thanks to you. No, oh, Fontaine. Fontaine, be sensible. What did I have to do with this? I couldn't buy her the medicine she needs. Or the right kind of food. Or milk. Or anything. Or is it my fault? I huh? hate you. Get away from me. Put down that piece of wood, you hear? I'll teach you a lesson. You'll see if I don't. Inspector Javert, uh, we've just brought in a young female on a complaint from the foreman of the Madeleine Glassworks, uh, Monsieur Jourdain. What is the complaint? That she attacked him on the street with a piece of wood. Why are you bringing this simple assault to my attention? It's because she used to work in Monsieur Madeleine's glass factory. I, uh... Knew of your interest in the gentleman. She says she was fired. I wondered why. Yes, there may be something we can trip him up with. Girl on the streets attacks foreman. Why does she do that? Have her in. No, no, no. No, wait. Go to the mayor's house. It's right next door. Tell him there's an urgent matter at the police station that requires his attention. By the time he gets here... I'll have that girl in such a state she'll swear to anything. Now, send her in. Come in, you. The inspector wishes to talk to you. I shall uh, return with the gentleman as soon as possible. Good. Young lady, you seem to have gotten yourself into a nice mess. It's all because of that awful Monsieur Madeleine. He fired a whole department. My job went with it. I haven't worked in months brute of a foreman attacked me. That is not what our gendarme reports. I tell you, he attacked me, that horrible man. Did he now? His sworn complaint to the gendarme was he was peacefully walking the street. And you took a stick and beat him about the head. Inspector, I swear by our savior that is not true. You took no stick to him? To defend myself only. It was he who had me fired from the factory because... I refused him. A moment ago, you told me it was Monsieur Madeleine who had you fired. That's what I was told. How well did you get along with Monsieur Madeleine? Who? The owner of the factory. Don't tell me you don't know him. It's true, I never met him. That is not the report that has come to our attention. We know there was some kind of a liaison between you and Monsieur Madeleine. I don't know what it could be. I am so cold and tired. And my little girl, she will be worried about me. Cosette, I left her with nothing to eat. Please, please let me go to her. Then why don't you tell me about Monsieur Madeleine? Let us be clear about this and you can go. I will even give you some milk to take to your Cosette. Now, you did know him when you were working at the factory. What do you want me to say? If you don't tell me what I wish to hear, then I'm afraid it's six months in prison for assaulting a citizen in plain view of witnesses and the sworn affidavit of a gendarme. Six months? What's my child going to do? She's a baby. That's for you to decide. I... I have tried so hard 
to be honest and truthful. It doesn't pay. Yes. I knew Monsieur Madeleine. That's better. Now, we're getting somewhere. And he had you fired from the factory when you were no longer of use to him. Yes. Hmm. And in the street, you mistook Foreman Jourdain for Monsieur Madeleine. And because you were wronged, you beat him about the head. Is that what you want me to say? Yes. And you will say it. No matter who asks you. I... I will say I knew him. Yes. Otherwise, six months. And who knows what will happen to your child while you were in prison. Here is the mayor, Inspector Javert. I was just on my way here. We have had some unfortunate information from this young lady. Oh, my dear. Is this the girl who was thrown into the snow? I was just coming here when I learned she'd been taken by the police to your office. Madame, tell this gentleman. Repeat to him what you have just told me. Throw, throw a blanket around her shoulders. Can't you see she's suffering from exposure? Look at the poor child. Heavens, to find a citizen of Moulin in this condition... Madame, I asked a question. Your name is Fantine? Yes. You were employed in the Madeleine Glassworks? Yes. Were you? I didn't know that. And have you not just made a sworn statement that you had personal relations with Monsieur Madeleine, owner of those works? Oh, come now, I've never seen this child before. She told you no such thing. Did you or did you not say you knew Monsieur Madeleine? Yes. Guess what? Yes. I knew him. And we all know what that means. It's quite obvious this young lady is not well. Not in her right senses. She appears very ill. She made quite a serious accusation. Oh, what was it? It was you. She thought she was attacking in the street. Inspector Javert, let this girl go. She did not attack me. Oh, I'm afraid I cannot dismiss this. She did assault a gentleman in the street. We have a sworn deposition. Inspector, listen to me. You're an honest man. I'll have no difficulty making myself understood to you. I was crossing the marketplace when I saw the gendarme, uh, Pierre, leading this girl away. A crowd had gathered. I inquired what had happened. The man you say she assaulted, if he was my foreman, Jourdain, he was in the wrong. And in common justice, he should have been arrested, not she. And what about her accusation a moment ago about you, Monsieur Le Maire? If untrue, it is an insult. But you told me I had to... That concerns myself. Whatever her reasons. You will kindly obey me and let her go. I heard Fantine's story. I told her that what Jourdain had said about closing down the counting department was absolutely untrue. I heard about her little daughter, and I promised to have the child taken care of. In the meantime, Fontaine herself was undernourished and ill. I had her taken to the hospital where she could recover. A month later, Inspector Javert paid me a visit. Excuse me, Your Honor. What is it, Inspector Javert? What did you wish to see me about? A serious misdeed has been committed, sir. What deed? 
An inferior agent of authority has failed in his high respect to a high office in this city. I have come, as is my duty, to bring the fact to your knowledge. Who is this agent? Myself. Oh. And who holds that high office? You do, Monsieur Le Maire. Your Honor, I have come to request that you will take action to have me dismissed from the police service. What's come over you, Javert? You wish to be removed? Discharged. Very well, discharged. I, I don't understand it. You will. Four weeks ago, after the scene about that girl where you ordered me out of my own office, I was furious. And I denounced you. Denounced me? To the chief prefect of police at Paris. <laughs> as a mayor who interfered with the police, eh? I denounced you as a prisoner. I thought you were so. I've had these notions for a long time. Your mysterious appearance in Moulin with enough money to build a factory. Your physical height, your extraordinary strength. You remember the incident with old Marcel. How you lifted the cart out of the mud. And uh, a few other suspicions of my own. It, it, it was absurd. But I took you for a man by the name of Jean Valjean. What name did you say? Jean Valjean. A convict I first saw in Toulon 20 years ago. Now, he had already served many years for theft. You could not be the man. I'm glad you came to that decision. I had to. You see, the real Jean Valjean has been found. He has been found? They arrested a man who first refused to give his name and then said he had forgotten it. Well, what has that to do with this Valjean? Oh, this man is clever. He pretends to be an idiot having lost his mind. He was arrested at Oak Cloche for stealing cider apples. He was taken to the departmental prison at Arras. Now, there he was recognized by a fellow convict who said, I know you. We were in the same galley together. You are Jean Valjean. Now, word of this had just reached the Paris prefect's office when I was denouncing you. They laughed at me. So I went down to Arras myself. And I saw the man. You saw the man who denied he was Valjean? The truth is the truth. I recognized him, too. That man was Jean Valjean. Are you sure? Oh, yes. Monsieur Le Maire, forgive me. Forgive me. Now that I have seen the real Jean Valjean, I cannot understand how I could have believed anything else. Again, I ask your pardon. So what is going to happen now? If he is Jean Valjean, he is a former convict. It is no longer a matter for the police court, but for the assizes. He is to be tried at Arras, and I have been called as a witness. Is that all, Inspector? No. I must be... Discharged. Javert, you're a man of honor. You exaggerate your faults. I insist that you continue as inspector of police. I cannot allow it. I say it again. You attach too much importance to what you call denouncing me. It's the duty of men in your job to suspect. Without proof, 
in a moment of passion for revenge. Had any of my subordinates done what I have done, I would have declared him unworthy of his badge and discharged him. Monsieur le maire, if I were not severe with myself now, my whole life, everything I have done would be an injustice. Oh, it's easy enough to be kind and good. The difficulty is to be just. And I am bound to treat myself as I would treat another man. All I demand, Monsieur Le Maire, is the discharge of Inspector Javert. What am I afraid of? I'm saved. All is settled. Javert, who so long annoyed me, will now leave me in peace. He's got his Jean Valjean. What wrong have I done? I've lived the way the bishop made me promise to live. I've lived as a just man. I've closed the door on my past. Why should I be punished again? Remember me, Jean. The Bishop of Digne. Monseigneur, welcome. Remember. Are you here? Or are you in my mind? We made a pact, Jean. My candlesticks for your true being. I took your soul from Satan. Begged you to shut the door against him. But you will open it again. If you let that innocent man be punished in your name. What shall I do? Give up all the good I've done? Give up helping the poor, bringing work and contentment to a city of people? What use is it? If I liberate that man they think is Jean Valjean and denounce myself... It is a question that can only be replied to by the Lord himself. And how much of his spirit remains in you. I pray he will help you find the answer. Listen to Victor Hugo's postscript to this very scene. Valjean takes the bishop's candlesticks and in a mad moment tosses them into the fire. He will destroy them, obliterate the bishop, everything. He will remain the mayor. But again, he hears the bishop calling his name. I shall return shortly with Act Three. was inevitable. There was no other way. Jean Valjean was not a thief. In his heart, he always gave, never took. That society had punished him for that, no matter. Valjean was an honest man. He simply could not allow an innocent man to be condemned in his place. Quickly, he rescued the silver candlesticks from the fire and blessed the bishop who had blessed him. Late the next day at the courthouse in Arras, I found a seat away at the back. Inspector Javert sat at the witness table. He did not see me. 
No one, in fact, noticed me overlooking at the poor creature being questioned by the public prosecutor. I knew then his only crime was that he could not remember who he was. Mr. No Name, you don't mind if I call you that, do you? Do you, Mr. No Name, really expect us to believe that you do not remember that Jean Valjean is your name? No, that is not my name. I do not know my name. But, Mr. No Name, if you don't remember, it could be Jean Valjean. We have witnesses who seem to know more about you than you do yourself. We have the inspector of police, Inspector Javert, who positively identifies you. Could he be mistaken? I don't know, Monsieur Javert. Inspector Javert, we have other witnesses who are chained with you at Toulon, and we shall ask them to appear presently. No, I was never in Toulon. Prisoner, I ask you two questions. First... Did you, yes or no, climb over the wall at Haute Cloche, break a branch and steal apples? Second, yes or no, are you the liberated convict Jean Valjean? Uh, I have stolen nothing. I'm a man who doesn't eat every day. Ah, how do you manage to remain so big and strong? I, I, I do our jobs. Can you remember who you worked for? Uh, uh, not at this moment. Too bad. What do you remember, Mr. No-Name? Uh, I was walking toward Oakloche after the flood. It made the whole country yellow. Nothing growing in the sand except a few blades of grass. I, I, I found a branch with apples lying on the ground. I picked it up. I, I never thought it would bring me into such trouble. I, I don't know why I, I, I can't remember my name. <laughs> I have not stolen. I only pick things up lying on the ground. May it please the president and the court, in the presence of these confused deniers on the part of the prisoner, we would like to call upon Police Inspector Javert as to the identity of this prisoner. I recognize him perfectly. This man has a name. It is Jean Valjean, an ex-convict of a very violent character. He is filled with a hate for society and is an enemy of society and, in my opinion, must be put away. No, I, I hate no one. It was with great reluctance that he was set free when he had completed his time at Toulon. I know this man... By his size, his hands, and his face. Inspector Javert, I thank you. You uh, have nothing further to add? I repeat, I recognize him perfectly. Three convicts were then produced. Brevet, Chenildieu, and Cochepaille. Brevet turned to the prisoner and said, I recognize him as Jean Valjean. He looks like a brute now, but I imagine age has brutalized him. Brevet, you may go and sit down. Prisoner, remain standing. I call now upon the conviction, Elger. He also identified the poor man by saying, I should think I do recognize Valjean. We were fastened to the same chain for five years. Sit down. 
Witness convict Koshpai to the stand, please. Koshpai also pointed a finger at the prisoner, remembering some nickname they had given me. Convict Koshpai. Did you say this man, Jean Beljean, was named Jean the Jack because he was so strong? Yes, yes, I did that. Privy! Chenildieu! Koshpai! Look this way. Look at me. It's Monsieur Madeleine. Monsieur Le Maire. I didn't know you were here. Fellow prisoners, don't you recognize me? Gentlemen of the jury, acquit the prisoner. Monsieur le Président, have me arrested. That man is not guilty. I am Jean Valjean. I will not occupy the time of the court any longer. I shall go away. I'm not arrested and I have several things to do. The public prosecutor knows who I am. He knows where I am going. And he will order me to be arrested when he thinks proper. I had told the court I had much to do. But only one thing to me was important. To go to the hospital where Fontaine was recuperating and make sure she was reunited with her child. But when I got there, they told me someone had spirited Cosette away. And because her mother, Fontaine, was so weak, no one dared tell her the truth. Oh, Monsieur Madeleine, why don't they bring me Cosette? She's in the nursery along with several other young ones. Don't you worry. You saw her? No, no, I've just returned from Arras. But as soon as I get the doctor's report about you, I'm going to the nursery to make Cosette's acquaintance. I still don't understand why I couldn't see her. Only a little weak, but if I saw her, it would give me such strength I could get out of this bed and dance. Fontaine, you certainly are stubborn. The doctors say you must be patient to regain your strength. Believe me, I think it would be a great strain for you if that door behind me were to open and there stood Cosette. No! Fontaine, what is it? In the door. There. Oh, Monsieur Madeleine, save me! Standing in the door was Jabert. He had come for me. I knew that. But Fontaine did not. All she could remember is that day not so long ago when Javert had threatened her with six months in prison. The day I had countermanded his order. Oh, save me from him. Don't be alarmed, child. He hasn't come for you. I know what you want, Javert. If you know, then get up. Well, are you coming? Maybe this will assist you. You needn't hold me by the collar. Monsieur Le Maire. <laughs> there is no Monsieur Le Maire here. Javert. Hold me, Monsieur Inspector. Inspector Javert, I should like to say a word to you in privacy. Speak up. People talk aloud to me. I have a request to make of you. I told you to speak up to I me. heard only by yourself. What do I care about that? I'm not listening. Grant me three days. Three days to go and bring back with me this unhappy woman's child. I'll pay you whatever you ask. You can come with me if you like. You must be joking. You ask me to give you three days so that you can escape again. To go and find Cosette? Then she's not here? 
Where is she? Monsieur Le Maire, you promised. You said she was in the nursery. Be quiet. Silence! Somebody help me, Monsieur Madeleine. I tell you, there is no Monsieur Madeleine. And no Monsieur Le Maire. But there is a thief. A brigand. A convict by the name of Jean Valjean. And I have got him. That's what there is. No. God, you've killed this woman. Oh, my. My baby. Nurse. Doctor, get away from that bed. No, Javert. You have made a big mistake hitting me. Javert, stand as far away from me as you can. I advise you not to disturb me at present. Say a prayer over her, if you like. Fontaine. Fontaine, I don't know if there is life enough in you to hear me. I don't know if my voice will catch your spirit as it leaves here. But I swear to you by all that is holy, all that my life has meant and will mean and must mean, one day I shall find Cosette and care for her in your name as if she were my own granddaughter. Sleep, Fontaine. Sleep forever. Remember me. Never forget faith, hope, and love abide. And the greatest of these is love. Victor Hugo tells us when at that final moment Jean Valjean spoke those words that Fantine even with her last breath, smiled, that her face was strangely lighted, for death is the entrance into brilliant light. I shall return to you shortly. And so we conclude part two of Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, a novel which to this day has remained one of the greatest expressions of man's struggle to maintain dignity, charity, and love. Part three will continue the story of Jean Valjean as created by one of the most far-seeing literary figures our world has ever known. Our cast included Alexander Scourby, Bernard Grant, Terry Keane, Russell Horton, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Raven House Paperback Mysteries. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>